Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Williams. This is the progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, conservative, or otherwise, you get to air your point of view. Remember, you can also send me a tweet to E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is... At Egberto Williams. Let us engage. It is politics done right. One, two, three, four. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for spending this one hour with me. We're going to have a great show. Today, we're going to get into, well, once again, the night before I decided what we're going to talk about on the show, something happened that changed exactly what I decided to do. Last night, I watched 60 Minutes, or not 60 Minutes, but 2020, Diane Sawyer had a great program in which she highlighted the, 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 the angst, not only the angst, but the reality is that over 50%, over 50% of Americans are living through today. And we never generally hear about these issues because what? Nobody cares. Nobody seemed to care, but the reality is Everybody cares, but everybody is concerned that they are next. And guess what is the reality based on the trajectory that we're taking right now, folks? It is true. We are all next based on the extractive nature of our society, based on the extractive nature of the type of capitalism that we are currently practicing. Yes, what has occurred to over 50% of Americans is about to occur to you. What has occurred, and, 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 and when I say occurred to you, what I'm trying to say is, occur to you absent us getting up and doing what we must do, getting up and doing what we're supposed to do. The title of the show today, Stop Suffering in Silence Now. Assert your worth and get busy. Again, title, Stop Suffering in Silence Now. Assert your worth and get busy. Dwayne, uh, Diane Sawyer did a great job in 2020 last night. And uh, her, she gave voices to many forgotten Americans. We will explore the angst and list of those, or, or rather the angst and ills of those who continue to suffer in silence. Who are those? Our declining middle class. Who are those? You. Who are those? Me and everybody else. That's what we're going to discuss today. And I wrote a piece this morning uh, on, on, on this particular issue we're going to go through. But anyhow, what are your thoughts? Let's talk. I will also be following our hashtag politics done right on Twitter. My Twitter uh, tag is Egberto Willis. Again, that's E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. And as well, I'll be following us here on, uh, right here on Facebook Live. So please go ahead and do remember to go to the uh, politics done right with Egberto Willis Facebook page and like the page. Let's get the numbers out so that we can get things cracking here and we can change this system from being a system run by the corporatocracy, the plutocracy, and get together, work together with these other organizations from the Coffee Party USA to our revolution to all these great organizations that are trying to make a difference in the lives of poor Americans, middle-class Americans, all Americans, bar none. So let's, let's start talking about those particular issues. I don't know if you saw uh, the news, but it seems to me, hi, in junk, the inauguration, uh, yes, invaluable election, leave Obama in office <laughs> until we, I'm reading, uh, reading uh, from, uh, from Facebook Live where uh, uh, Janine says, in junk, the inauguration, invalidate the election, leave Obama in office until we can have a legitimate election, protect this republic's democracy by demanding a legitimate vote. If we inaugurate a, let's see what, what else, uh, I just missed that. Let's see what else she says. If we, if, if we inaugurate, uh, let's see, I want to make sure I'm reading her comment correctly. Leave Obama in office until we have a legitimate election. Protect this republic's democracy 
by demanding a legitimate vote. If we inaugurate and uh, the president is elected, found guilty, he and his VP might be set aside, but Orrin Hatch or Paul Ryan will be raised to the executive. The R's will still win without a legitimate election. Enough. So says, so says my good friend and fellow Coffee Party board, uh, board member, Janine Loudon. And we have Danielle Ledo, concerned for the working class prior to the election, might have won it for HRC. Well, better late than never. I think you need to consider that, reconsider that statement. And Denise Miller, they are the voters in distress who opted for Trump because they don't understand what's happening. Denise Miller, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right in, in that sentiment. You're absolutely right in that statement. But you know what I'm going to do? I think I, I, I need to go ahead and uh, get on with the blog of the week because I think I, I, took some, I, I took it a little bit in depth. So here we go. It's time for the weekly blog post. All right, folks. Again, sort of uh, meandering from that title. The title of the blog of the week is Americans Must Stop Suffering in Silence if Change is to Come. And here we go. This is what, this is what I say. Last night, I watched Diane Sawyer report on 2020 titled My Reality, A Hidden America. That almost brought me to tears. It brought to light a few stories that reflect the lives of millions of Americans. So many are suffering in silence. We must stop it. And we can stop it. We can now. Remember this. The plutocracy depends on us being people who believe we have no worth, who believe we have no recourse. What I'm here to do, what many of us are here to do in these different organizations is to say, no, we do have worth and no, we can make a difference. It goes as follows. Diane Sawyer exposed America's dirty little secret. America's form of capitalism is extractive and uncaring. It is just a matter of time before people that are doing well are required to feed the beast. Every two years, politicians in the legislative bodies ask Americans to vote for them, telling them they will make things better. But guess what? It never actually happens. When substantive changes occur, which require the wealthy to pay more in taxes on their ill-gotten gains, Republicans and corporate Democrats are ever-present to sacrifice the poor and the middle class for underserved relief for the wealthy. Every four years, presidential candidates promise the world. Americans ping-pong between parties every eight years, hoping some on, someone would come through for them. President Obama came through for them on health care, but once again, once again, even that solution enriched the few, and while beneficial to many, continued extracting the wealth of middle-class Americans. Blue Dog Democrats simply did not rein in drug companies, hospitals, and insurance companies from their ability to find ingenious ways to pilfer us all. And so we get millions of Americans for which the 2020 report represents. And in, the, in here, I gave a link to uh, many of the stories that appeared on 2020, along with the video of, this, uh, of these different folks there as well. Uh, one, one must commend 2020 for giving these people used to suffering in silence a voice. The woman who grated soap instead of, of soap powder to save a few dollars to make ends meet got a voice. The man who gave blood several times a week to survive got a voice. The man who gave blood so his kid could have a birthday got a voice. The man who drove high-tech workers in Silicon Valley who had to sleep in his car as he waited to take them back home even as their companies showered them with great pay and amenities while he suffered in silence to earn a meager wage got a voice. The man who commuted four hours a day by bike, then bus, then train, and reversed that whole thing again to get back home for a job supporting the kids of the wealthy, got a voice. The man who worked two fast food jobs for near minimum wage without a raise for 10 years, got a voice. He has to work so many hours. You know, some people say that those people who are working, uh, 
uh, at fast food. They should just be doing that to get them by until they can better themselves and get a new job, get a better job. These are just entry-level jobs. Well, when things are hard, when you have to work several jobs, there is no room, there is no ability to better yourself. We don't have the structures in this country to allow those that are undermined, to allow the poor, to allow all these people the ability to better themselves. Some of them already were born into poverty and they had to work. They don't have the time to better themselves because that is some of the comments that I've already received. Well, that's just an entry-level job. They need to better themselves. That he was there 10 years working. He shouldn't have been there 10 years. But what is he supposed to do? He has a family to take care of. He decided not to say, I am going to live on the dole. I will take care of my family and do what I have to do and do what I have to do. So the man who worked two fast food jobs for near minimum wage without a raise for 10 years got a voice. He has to work so many hours at a low wage to survive that he has no time for education to get a better job. Those stories are real. And as more and more Americans lose high-paying jobs that, that are replaced by low-paying service jobs or coerced low-paying manufacturing jobs, more and more Americans will be suffering in silence unless mobilization occurs to demand what is the birthright of every single American. Look, Donald Trump used an arcane formula to win the Electoral College. Remember, he didn't win the election. He won the Electoral College. Millions more voted for progressive values. To be clear, I don't think anyone in the Trump campaign believed it would work, but it is the only thing that could have worked. And by God, it worked for the Electoral College. The billionaire pitted different demographics against each other. Doing so meant many Americans did not have their eyes on the ball, their eyes on the real cause of their failing condition. He then told many, try me. I am different than anyone else who ran. Yes, he's right. What the hell do you have to lose? Was his comment. Men in the elite classes thought, how dare he say, what the hell do you have to lose? How condescending was, he, was this guy to this man, to this people? How dare he say, what the hell do you have to lose? Well, I tell you what, folks, you know what? That is what a whole lot of Americans really are thinking right now. It's not that they had a, a, a humongous amount of faith in Donald Trump. It's not that they think Donald Trump is the best thing since buttered bread. It's not that they think Donald Trump is this great guy. It is that both Republicans and Democrats alike, ping-ponging between these two sects, if you will, didn't show them that they cared anything else but for something else. And many people just don't understand. Many people don't understand that there are degrees of badness, that there are degrees of evil, there are degrees of all these things. And in, in the case of many, they decided to vote for the lesser of two evils. In the case of others, they thought voting for what they didn't know was still better than voting for the better of two evils or the better of three evils or four evils or whatever. So in effect, I've decided in, in my own prose to stop really banging on the Trump voter as somehow being some incompetent or mentally unstable or foolish or whatever. That's not the case. Or racist for that matter. Some are. A large percentage of them are, but not the majority. And all, many of these folks are looking for answers. You can't call it that when 15% of black men voted for Donald Trump, when 52% uh, of white women voted for Donald Trump, when 12% or so, I don't quite remember the number of black women who voted for Donald Trump. They voted against the system. Facts matter. Facts matter. We don't have to like the dude, but facts 
matter and how we mitigate the realities of what led to his election as destructive as it is likely to be, we have to understand the genesis of the problem. So Donald Trump said, try me, I'm different than anyone else who've run. What the hell do you have to lose? What the hell do you have to lose? Enough bought into that Enough bought into not realizing that Donald Trump is the embodiment of the extractive, unrepentant, and middle-class destructive form of capitalism that is the genesis of all of their problems. So they didn't realize that he is the embodiment, Donald Trump, is the embodiment of everything that have extracted these people's wealth. He is the embodiment of everything evil, the evil portions of capitalism. Donald Trump is that embodiment. But with his words, with bad press coverage, with all these things, who will who who has the time, like many of us do who are in the political domain, to examine this? Look, the American poor and the American middle class are working their you-know-what off. They're busy. They don't have time to be discerning Truth from, fa- tr- truth from fallacies. They don't have the time to do that. But you know what? The other, the, the group or the organization that should be doing that, the media and all these other folks, they are not doing it either. Henceforth, the alternative media is our only hope. These independent shows that you have here, that we give you here with uh, Coffee Party Radio with, with KPFT 90.1 FM and all these other stations. These are the only opportunity uh, you have. Uh, yeah, I, for some reason I noticed it said weak connection for a minute there. I hope the connection improves in a little bit, but it probably will in a little bit. The only, the only solution we have to the issue right now, the only solution we have to the problem right now is for alternative media to take over because mainstream media, media driven by the plutocracy, will not do it. And that's why we're here, folks. That's why we're here. But before I continue with the blog, since I mentioned this, I, I have one important thing to tell you all. There's this thing called net neutrality. We are able to bring our message to you over the Internet because it is, an exp- it is inexpensive to do so. And because it is inexpensive to do so, we can, promote, we can promote valid news, valid information, valid fact-based opinion, and let you decide. However, with the Trump administration, one of the first things that he's likely to do is go to the FCC and appoint the new commissioner to the FCC, who will not support net neutrality, which means all these corporations that run our internet will have the ability to decide who and how these pipes are used to get the information to you. So therefore, when you get in your mailbox information from net neutrality asking you to sign on and asking you to call your congressperson, asking you to call your representative about net neutrality, don't forget, call them, be a part of it, and remember to tell them you want net neutrality remaining. You want us to remain, to continue to have net neutrality. Continuing with with the uh, with the uh, blog, Diane Sawyer did put Diane Sawyer did put Donald Trump on notice. She said he promised the poor and middle class a way out. She implied that she would be following up with another substantive report. Drive down the streets in your neighborhood, in any neighborhood. Drive down those streets in any neighborhood. There are thousands of stories. There are thousands of thousands of stories that would emanate out of those homes, those apartments, those buildings, stories, real stories of people, of what people are going through. These are millions of people preoccupied about their future. Will they have health care? Will they ever be able to retire when their bodies begin to give out? Will they have the ability to help their kids through college? Will they have the capacity to pass on anything to the new generation? 
as America, stand, as America stands today, the answer is an absolute no. The answer is an absolute no for the vast majority of Americans. The plutocracy continues to find ways to take away wealth building from most. Americans used to accumulate most of their worth, most of their wealth in their homes. As more and more struggle with low pay and lack of pensions, guess what happens? The plutocracy was ready. The plutocracy was ready to give you a way out, but at a cost. And at that cost, at what cost were they able to help you monetize your home? The thing called the reverse mortgage. And I've written a whole lot about reverse mortgage, and I have a whole article about reverse mortgage. It seems very nice. In fact, who knows? <laughs> Politics doesn't pay well, so maybe I'll, have to accumulate, maybe I'll have to resort to giving this house back to the plutocracy. It's almost paid off. But uh, the idea here is this. This is this, the home that I've paid off was designed to give and pass down. But with people seeking to survive, people seeking to continue living, people seeking to exist and finding other forms of income, the plutocracy is there. They're there to take it away from you. And it's not that they want to take it away. It's just that that's how, that's how the economy works. An extractive policy means taking monies from whatever instrument you can design to take money without working too hard. That's how the plutocracy works. The reverse mortgage, the new form of extricating your wealth, the new form of taking your money, the real form of ensuring you are no longer able to become wealthy, but simply continue being a commodity within our domain, a commodity within the structures of our own economy. Reverse mortgage. Some of you listening may have a reverse mortgage. Some of you listening may have seen how great it is that you can monetize your home, live in your home forever until you die because it's still yours. The biggest lie, of course, is as soon as you're dead, the bank takes your home, offers it to your children at an inflated price, or they sell it for a profit. Right now, the way the structures are, we can't win, but we must. Donald Trump may be a blessing in disguise. Americans are used to politicians telling us how they will resolve our problems. The reality is they cannot because they are unable to empathize with the problems of everyday Americans. I'm going to stop my, this end of my blog post, but the blog of the week, but I have to say this. Last, yesterday, I wrote, based on a Daily Coast uh, blog post, I hit up on Cory Booker, the senator from New Jersey. Because there was, it, it, there was a bill in, in the Senate that they were attempting to pass that allowed the importation of drugs from Canada. For those who don't understand this, let me do a quick synopsis. Americans pay the highest cost for drugs. When these drugs, because our government, we the people, do not protect we the people, our government allows our drug companies to pill for us. American universities and other entities get grants from us, the taxpayer, the government, to develop products, to develop drugs. And when it is time to monetize those drugs, when it is time to turn those drugs into a product that serves the people, private corporations sell those drugs. They manufacture those drugs. They like to claim they test those drugs. By the time they're working on it, a lot of it is tested already. And, and there's another caveat that I wrote in my book, uh, As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom, where I specifically show in that book how these guys actually play with the patent laws to do what they 
want to do to charge whatever they want. But anyway, I digress. These drug companies, most of the research or a lot of the research is paid for by whom? You with your tax dollars to universities and other entities and grants, etc. It is monetized by private drug companies who then sell the drugs at inflated prices. And every year, because between within our extractive capitalist system, what we say is these companies must grow at six, seven, eight, ten percent per year, even as our economy is growing at one, two, three percent. Where is that extra percentage coming from? You. That is why the wealth, the wealth is moving up top, and everybody else by design must get poorer. But in Canada, in the UK, in Germany, in New Zealand, in Australia, in all these places. These governments tell their people, these governments tell the drug companies, you cannot bring those drugs into this country at those inflated prices. They protect their citizens. They protect their citizens from the pilfering of the drug companies. And then we come to America and Cory Booker and 13 Democrats, 13 Democrats voted against allowing American citizens from going to Canada, from going to Mexico, or going overseas, if they're going to sell those drugs cheaper overseas, isn't it in, uh, my fiduciary responsibility for my family to buy those drugs from overseas? Hell yes, it is. It is the fiduciary responsibility, just like it's the fiduciary responsibilities of those who run corporations to maximize the profits for their shareholders. So what did Cory Booker and others do? Absolutely not. When you see even Republicans, many Republicans who know where their bread is buttered from in some of these states with the elderly, etc., they voted for the bill. 13 Democrats, including Cory Booker. And why do I single out Cory Booker? Because Cory Booker, before he became Senate, when he was mayor, of I don't remember what town in New Jersey, ran around as a populist. He ran around as somebody who cared for the people. He used this gravitas to, to work with Republicans and Democrats alike, claiming that he's doing what's best for the average American citizen. I mean, he has some great policies he talks about, but when it is time to vote, what did he do? He caved to those who've given him over $300,000. We hold everyone, Republicans, Democrats, independents, or otherwise accountable for what they do. We should make an example of them all. There are more of us than there are shareholders in drug companies. And while there are these drug companies who have millions of dollars, the composite total of money in the masses is still more. And what it is time for us to do that can actually contribute, can be more. And what we have to do is activate and not give them a chance, not give them the break. We've got to tell them, this is what you've got to do. It is our country. Remember, multinational corporations work and function beyond countries. They are not Americans. They don't have American values. They move their, when, whenever one country does something they don't like, they simply move their, their cash flows, their profits elsewhere. They don't care anything about country. You are a commodity. So when you, for those Republicans and Trump voters that are listening to me right now, when you decide to hold your water, when you decide those Trump voters, Republican voters, and, 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 and establishment Democrat vote, Democratic voters, when you're holding your water for this, these establishments, it is time to give it up. It is time for you to forget about establishment. It is time for us to be progressive. It is time for us to be active. It is time for us to be populist. It is time for us to get involved. It is time for us to stop saying, what can you do for me? Time for us to say, what we are going to tell you to do because you go out there and you represent us. And if you don't, we get you the hell out of there. 
To do that, though, folks, let me finish the blog, and then I'll, I'll talk about doing that. But here we go. Donald Trump may be a blessing in disguise. Americans are used to politicians telling us how they will solve our problems. The reality is they can't because they are unable to empathize with the problems of everyday Americans. Likewise, the puppeteers, the plutocracy constrains the majority of the politicians. Americans must see that no one is going to save us but ourselves. Again, no one is going to save us but ourselves. Obama can't and didn't save us. Hillary Clinton can't, couldn't, wouldn't, didn't save us or was not going to be able to save us. So so for those who are in complete despair that, my God, Hillary Clinton lost and it's the end of the world, yes, Hillary would have been better than Donald Trump, but at, unless we had demanded of Hillary, not by just saying, okay, our woman is in there, let's go home and sleep because everything is going to be all right. Uh-uh, that wasn't going to be the case. The case was always going to be that we have to do the job. It is incumbent upon us to do the job. As we start to believe in our own worth and assert it, not just believing that we're good enough, as some Smiley on, on, on Saturday Night Live used to say, it's not only believing that we're good enough. We have to show our worth, assert it, understand the issues, specifically what they're doing to Obamacare, what they intend to do with Social Security, Medicare, etc., 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 demanding that Demanding what is ours, we must be able to demand what is ours by hitting the streets, forcing the hands of our representatives. And I said hitting the streets, right? But just protesting in streets, not good enough. All it does is show awareness. Protesting in streets have its, has its value. You get people to pay attention. You, you get people to be aware. But that's not where the magic is. The magic is behind what occurs after having been in the streets. What do you do after the rally? What do you do after the conference? And that is what we have to work on. And what we were, there's a great document, Indivisible. Uh, I, I got to find a document. I think I posted it last week. Little groups, grassroots movement. That is what we're working on. That is what we're doing. By the way, we had our, our revolution first conveners meeting. Went very well. There's a whole lot that we're going to be doing and passing that on pretty soon. But anyway, last sentence of the blog. As we start to believe in our worth and assert it, demanding what is ours by hitting the streets, forcing the hands of our representatives and electing progressives, will begin the transformation. Folks, we have a lot of work to do. You've been sending me messages. I'll, be, I'll read a few of the messages in a, in a minute on Facebook Live. Uh, give me a call if you want to be on air, 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646-929-2495. And my good buddy, uh, John, is here. Good morning, John. And how are you doing? Good afternoon, Egberto. How you doing? So far, yeah, so good. Uh, yeah, I just want to reiterate the point about the the protests. So tomorrow uh, across the country, uh, you know, Democrats are going to be protesting. And if you want to see if there's a protest in your area, you can go to berniesanders.com, and there's a little button right on the the, the front page that says uh, "Find a rally near you." Uh, unfortunately for me, I did call to Congressman Joaquin Castro's office three times this week to try to get a, a rally organized, and he did not do that. And there's also not a, a rally in the Houston area, so yes, we it's pretty have, disappointing. We have, big, we have a big one. In, in fact, I'm going to one tomorrow. We okay, have one. Is this, uh, is this part of the, the – uh, because it's not up on Bernie's website. Uh, uh, well, this this is probably something that, different. Yeah, this this is actually a, a Obamacare rally on our city hall at City Hall, and it is actually being run by uh, our representative um, Sheila Jackson Lee. So okay, we, well that's good. That's that's yeah. yeah, that's good. Okay, there's another. There's also another website called the uh, Disrupt 
D-I-S-R-U-P-T-J-20.org, and they, they also have protests, that, you know, because there's going to be protests all across the country right. uh, for the next several weeks, and so that's a good overlay of all the protests that are going to be happening. Okay, uh, so yeah, it was a good opening, uh, just uh you know, thinking about uh, one one thing I do disagree with you on is I don't think uh, Trump is a blessing in disguise in any sense. You know, I'm always looking for a, a, a silver lining, my friend. But I, I hear you. Continue. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I mean, we've had a lot happen this week, and uh, I just want to. You know, commend uh, John Lewis, uh, you know, for what he said. And, uh, you know, now that we have more information about the possible relationship between Trump and the Russians, uh, we already knew that there was a strange relationship the way he always, uh, you know, praised Putin and refused to condemn him for his human rights record. And so now we have a lot more information and, uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see uh, if the the Senate uh, committees and the House committees that said they're going to look into this are actually going to do anything. Uh, I think it's pretty important, and I think the the reaction from from, from all the Democratic uh, House members yesterday was was really important to know. You know what what actually did happen, and we we really do need to know this. Uh, and so, uh, you know, Comey's actions obviously were were horrible. Uh, so, you know, I just think it's also very important that, uh, you know, we do we do protest and uh, that the ACA, I mean, I still, I know they, they you know, and the procedural votes that happened this week, uh, you know, were very sad. But, uh, you know, the fact is that there's about eight people in the Senate and all you need to do is knock off, hold your caucus together and knock off three members and they can't pass a repeal or a replacement. And right. so, I mean, they're right now they're about eight uh, Republican senators. I mean, there's, they've already said, and Trump has said this also, that they have to have a replacement uh, before they repeal. And so, uh, you know, I just don't, I don't know if these Republican senators uh are going to are going to go with this and so i mean i guess we'll just have to see but they are, there are a lot of vulnerabilities and i just think i don't i don't think this is a done deal and and uh we'll just have to see and and, and show everybody you know how how many people are going to be affected that thousands of people will die if this is repealed and the replacement like what what trump was talking about uh was having this Tom Price plan whenever, if if he is confirmed, put this Price plan, which is very similar to last year's plan, which is which will be a disaster. I mean, oh, yeah. they're gonna, yeah. you know, they're gonna uh, cut these insurance markets uh, off, and the, the, there will be millions of people who will lose their insurance. And so, you know, the the way that they seem to be concerned about it, but they really don't have. Any kind of plan, the Alexander, the Lamar Alexander plan is not quite as bad, and so. Uh, but I mean, we'll just have to see, you know, which plan actually comes up. Very likely, it's going to be a really horrible plan, uh, and so uh, you know, we just we just have to, you know, lift our voices and hopefully this won't happen. Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm a. Let me tell you what I really think is is going to happen here. I think reality is starting to set in, right? And what I think is that they have to keep their promise and make it seem like they're repealing Obamacare. And when, look, first of all, I don't know if you watched uh, Paul Ryan's, uh, Paul Ryan's, uh, thank you, Kevin, for giving the address for, I mean, for giving the telephone number for uh, Congress, 202-225-3121, and asked about HR 676, which is a single-payer system. I followed 676 for years. It's been on the, on the books for a long time. But anyhow, um, what I think they're going to do is they're, they're, the people are going to start realizing what, what's really occurring because a lot of people don't know that what they're on is really Obamacare. In fact, a lot of working people that, don't have, that haven't purchased insurance on the exchanges, they don't understand that Obamacare has also made their insurance better. Obamacare has made sure that there are no rescissions on their insurance. And Obamacare has made sure that those particular policies don't have uh, caps and that, you know, there are a whole lot of ben- women don't pay a different price than men and, and so forth. So there's a lot of things that is currently helping 
even those people who don't know that they are on health care. Now, Paul Ryan went on in, on his uh, town hall and said something that was kind of interesting. And I wrote a blog about it, which is actually pretty important. What Paul Ryan said is, okay, we can, we can fix this. The problem that Obama had is Obama went ahead and mangled the entire health care system when it was only 8% that had problems. Of course, he was wrong. Paul Ryan said the only problem with our health care system in the past was that 8% of people had pre-existing conditions and couldn't get uh, health insurance. That lie, there are two lies there. The biggest problem was always cost and the increasing cost of health care. That was always the problem. And in fact, that is the reason why it was called the Affordable Care Act uh, for patient, whatever it was called. And going further, he lied when he said 8% of Americans have pre-existing conditions. The real numbers are 25% of Americans have known pre-existing conditions. And in red states, it's even worse. 30% of these Americans have pre-existing conditions. These people are the, the biggest beneficiaries of Obamacare. In the states of these guys who purportedly will, remain, will end Obamacare. So my gut feeling tells me, and by the way, uh, our good guy, Ryan uh, from Kentucky, Senator, uh, give me his name, Ryan. Uh, no, oh, Rand Senator Paul. Rand Paul. Rand Paul, notice he didn't vote for the, the, the abolition of Obamacare. For, I mean, for a little dubious reason, but he didn't. But here's the deal. His state is one of the biggest beneficiaries of Obamacare. The reality is what they may do, in my opinion, is they will go ahead and realize that all these things fit together and are necessary. They will go ahead and uh, repeal it and reinstitute just about all parts of it and then claim that it's now Republican care or Trump care. And just by changing the name, all the Republicans that oppose this piece of health care are going to be the ones who now like the health care. So my hunch is that, uh, it's, first of all, we know it is suicide if they just drop it. But here's the worst part. A lot of times people would say, well, it's suicide, but the people that are getting affected are those the people who vote for Democrats. But the thing that we missed is that the biggest beneficiaries of Obamacare are in red states, and those are a lot of those voters voted for whom? Trump. So there's a lot to happen, and I don't think it is quite a done deal yet. I don't think it's quite a done. Before I get, go back to you, let me read a few things from Facebook Live. We have, uh, let's see, uh, Krista Cahill said, yes, I called back my, P my uh, Pennsylvania Senator Casey office, and he would not answer me when I pushed back that Casey received over $400,000, $470,000 in one year from Big Pharma, and that's why, not because of FDA testing, but because he got a whole lot of money. Uh, Kathy Cole said, Cory Booker justified his vote by saying it was out of concern for safety. Total BS. Canada has a very, very strict standard. If their drugs are unsafe, why aren't we hearing more about the, uh, people getting sick and dying? Not only that, they are a lot more progressive than we are, and, 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 and they're tighter in controls on, on a lot of things that we decide that we are going to let our own, uh, our own parties reel in. Anyhow, Krista K. Hill, we need real progressive candidates in PA in Pennsylvania, right? And she suggested that everybody read David Korn's article. Krista K. Hill said the Republicans had seven years to come up with a replacement. And they have nothing. Actually, they do have a replacement. The replacement is Obamacare. I, everybody should remember that the, that the template that Obamacare was built on was from the Heritage Foundation. Obamacare is a Republican-inspired Republican health care system. A progressive-inspired health care system is true universal health care, best paid for via single payer. Now, universal health care, which means a health care system that everyone is absolutely covered, does not have to have single payer. But single payer is the most efficient way to pay for health care. After all, it costs, I mean, it costs no new innovation or anything to pay a bill. Why should we have big structures like president CEOs and advertising and buildings and multiple databases to pay when we could simply eliminate all that cost, have one single payer, 
the single payer being the government, to pay the darn bill. And for people who says, well, uh, insurance companies manage risk, you should never have to manage risk. If we're talking about everybody being insured, no risk needs to be managed. Risk is only managed when you want to make a profit out of the risk you're taking. If you have single payer, the government is attempting to make no profit, therefore risk is irrelevant. Risk is irrelevant. They don't want to tell you that because then you would immediately realize that insurance in the healthcare market is a racket. It is simply a method of pilfering you. It is simply a method of taking your worth, your wealth. Think about that. Insurance companies in healthcare are unneeded. In fact, they hurt the entire health of the community, the community being the entire nation. How do I, what do I mean by that? If we didn't have health insurance companies, then health insurance companies would not be trying to mitigate risk. In mitigating all these risks, people that need care don't get care. People that cannot afford care don't get care. So insurance companies are a, a, are, are hindrance to the entire health of the country. I, I repeat that unequivocally. Health insurance companies are a detriment to the health, a detriment to your health. If absent these companies attempting to manage risk, people who need health care would get health care, which makes a more healthy country. A more healthy country costs less in health care costs. They don't tell you that. Bill Moore always used to say that we have a sick, a, 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 a keep you sick industry, an industry that depends on keeping you sick. Because if you are sick, you have to pay them to take care of you. And that's a fact. So what we have to understand is we have to stop buying the marketing from the drug companies. We have to stop buying the marketing from the hospitals. You get on TV now, you hear about the cancer care centers. Oh, cancer looks like a nice thing now. We can cure your cancer. Come to this beautiful building and pay us. We'll help cure your cancer. But there's one thing in healthcare. I'm an engineer. If I build a bridge and it falls down, I go to jail. If I build a bridge, if I can't produce success in, in building things, I have no job. But in healthcare, you live, you die. On, in the aggregate, nobody pays the cost. Oh, well, we thought this medicine would have worked. Folks, we're indoctrinated into thinking that these people care about us. We're indoctrinated into thinking that somehow the unfettered capitalism that we practice in this country is good for us. The masses, it is not. They tell you how great things are. You have a cell phone now. You have all these great things. You know what? You would have had it anyway. You would have had it anyway. Because there's one thing with engineers and scientists. It's not the dollar that, that drives them. It's the innovation, the ability to innovate that drives them. But the people who market their products now, the people who get it out there, those are the guys who try to maximize and take your stuff away. So it is very important that we, we've been indoctrinated in this country, and it is time for us to have a different method of thinking. It is time for us to really think for ourselves. It's time for us to start saying, wait a minute. That really doesn't make any sense. So remember, there's one thing I want you to get out of this show. When you're going to fight for Obamacare or any other care, it's to remember this one thing. Insurance companies are a detriment to your health. Insurance companies is directly responsible for the failing health in America. Insurance companies are directly related for the failing health in America. Daniel, before I go, or rather, um, before I go back to you, uh, let me get a few more people involved. Kevin Higgins, I suggest you call Congress at 202-225-3121. Do remember when you call them to tell them, do not repeal Obamacare, do not privatize Social Security, do not privatize Medicare, and, and, and bring Medicaid to those who need health insurance. Kevin says, Safe Healthcare Rally in Houston, January 15th. That's the one that I'm going to tomorrow. Daniel Ledo, no, Obamacare is the brainchild of cash sustain. Look, 
Daniel Ledol, and the reason I'm, I'm even giving this some thought or, or, or going to answer this is because I need Americans to realize the reality. Uh, Obamacare is based off of uh, what was done in Massachusetts with uh, the pre- previous presidential candidate. Uh, help me out here. Who was the previous presidential candidate? Uh, uh, Governor of Massachusetts. Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. Okay. Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney used Obamacare. Okay. Mitt Romney used rather the, the template given by the Heritage Foundation for his program. And Obamacare simply used it, and he added a few protections to what the Heritage Foundation provided. But that is a brainchild. Every conservative person would tell you that. The reason Republicans are unable to come up with a solution to Obamacare is because it, Obamacare is, represents, Obamacare represents exactly what a Republican plan would look like, and the failures within Obamacare is the instantiation of all of us progressives who said, absent single payer, absent a public, uh, a, a, a public option, absent these issues, Republican policies do not work because they're extractive in nature, because they do not look out for middle-class America, they're intent on wage extract, extraction. And, and, and the example is clear, the results are clear, and that's the reason they can't come up with anything else. When Paul Ryan says what he wants to do is to create in every state a high-risk pool, leave the rest of healthcare alone, let them pilfer as they normally do at a lower cost, but put all the sick people in the different states in these high-risk pools. That is tantamount to, again, single-payer for those people who have health issues that the taxpayer pays for. So, yes. Under Paul Ryan's plan, maybe you get some crazy policies, high-risk policies and all of that that people can pay a little bit for, but they still end up paying the bill because the high-risk pools are subsidized by taxpayer dollars. Folks, you can't hide from this stuff. You cannot hide. There's a fixed amount of monies within the system. Right now, the plutocracy, the insurance companies, the drug companies, the hospital companies extract a big slice of that money, remove them from the equation, and there's more money for folks to do things. And what Paul Ryan is telling you is in order to save his, his people, the insurance companies, in order to save the, hospital, uh, the, the, the hospitals, in order to save these guys that are ripping you off, we're gonna, we, we, that are ripping you off, we won't let them rip you off as much. The U.S. government will rip you off because we're going to throw all those sick people inside of the uh, high-risk pools. The profits continue to go to the insurance companies who only insure healthy people, who only insure healthy people, and you get stuck with the bill. Folks, you've got to think. You've got to understand this. Come on in, uh, John. Uh, I'll let you in before I answer some more folks here. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, okay. so, I mean, I agree I that, agree. I mean, the Alexander plan is is probably the best Republican plan, but, I mean, he's also talking about how he wants to, to return things to the states. You can't return things to the states. The only way that this, that this is going to happen is this, if it's federalized. And so, you know, he may keep the subsidies and he may, you know, keep it running for two or three years, but eventually it will go off a cliff, even with this plan. Uh, and so, uh, so I also want to wonder what your take is on all of the uh, the, the nominees, you know, the uh, uh, Tillerson, uh, Jeff Sessions, uh, and all the others that, that were up there this week. And I'm hoping that Tillerson uh, will be denied. It seems like he's the only one that has a plausible chance of actually uh, being not being confirmed with Rubio uh, and. Uh, uh, McCain and Lindsey Graham actually voting against him. What do you, what do you think of that? Could that possibly yeah. happen? I, 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 I can't express my disappointment with the hearings any deeper than it is really. The, first of all, the, 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 the Democrats come across within these hearings as the wimps that they generally are. Uh, because uh, And not only did the Democrats come across like wimps in these uh, sessions, 
but also we see a news media who have no problem giving a pass to session, giving a pass to all these. It, there is so much information out there in the public domain that tells us that these guys are patently unqualified for these jobs. Not only are they unqualified for these jobs, but that these folks are, are um, actually a detriment for these jobs. We know for a fact, uh, Rachel Maddow did a great piece on Tillerson where she showed how much land uh, Tillerson had in the United States, Canada, and other countries for drilling. Just, uh, and she also showed that the complete total amount of land in Russia that Exxon owns for drilling dwarfs the sum total of all the land Exxon has all over the world for drilling. So it, it's immediately evident that there is a big conflict of interest for Tillerson, and he has no desire uh, to, you know, uh, as far as head of state, we have to remember this guy who is going to be Secretary of State, when the Obama administration asked them to not make a deal with the, with the uh, Croatians, not the Croatians, but the, the, the um, Kurds in, in Iraq, because they wanted, to, they wanted to ensure that Iraq stayed solid as a, as a country as opposed to breaking off into civil war, the big company of Exxon decided, that's not in our interest. We're going to sign the deal with the Kurds. And we can go over and over the things that he's done to undermine his own country. As far as I'm considered, how do you ask an unpatriotic person to then lead your, to be the Secretary of State, the, the ultimate representative of the United States of America? Then we go to, uh, to um, Sessions. Sessions, we already have voting rights issues. And, and, and I am so di- disappointed in, in, our, uh, in our Democrats who didn't really raise this election to session as being the exact reason why uh, voter suppression, you know, is an ill to the country. And why didn't they, why didn't they really expose him as they should? The Democrats have the, they, they have the goods on him. And so we can go out one after the other. I mean, they're wimps. I mean, th- th- to, to put it bluntly, the fix is in. And that is the reason why I've been preaching on and off, on and on again. I forget about the Democratic establishment, okay? I went to an oral revolutions meeting a couple of days ago, and folks, a, a lot of these people in the meetings were saying, we have to be able to tell the establishment that they really have to listen to us. And my answer to that is, uh-uh, forget about that. It's no longer about asking the permission of the Democratic establishment for those who are Democrats to listen to us. Forget that crap. We will become the establishment. The progressives will become the establishment who will be fomenting change. But to do that, we have to stick together and we have to be able to work and get it done. Nothing about trying to change their hearts. They're wimps. Cory Booker, who is supposed to be our populist bastion, he's a wimp. Look at what he did uh, again. And then comes out with an answer that, that tells people, oh, uh, the reason I do that is I want protection for Americans. Protection for Americans? Think about what Americans are going through right now without medicine, period. They can't afford the medicine. My God, I bet they'll take some medicine, even if it were a bit tainted, even though getting medicine from Canada has nothing to do with having bad medicine. So, no, I am. Oh, my God. With the time caught up with us, uh, give me a closer, uh, John. All right. Uh, enjoy the show. I guess this is the last show before uh, you know the hell that <laughs> it happened on on Friday. But uh, you know we just got to stay strong, keep protesting, and uh, you know the, soon the elections of 2018 will happen. And in, until then, just keep protesting and stay strong. Thank you very, much. thank you very much, John. Folks, let me tell you something. A lot of folks feel distressed. A lot of folks feel like they don't matter. A lot of folks feel like they don't have the ability to do what it takes. Let me tell you, whether you're sick at home in a wheelchair, whether you're on Medicaid, Medicare, or anything else, whether you are sitting down there wondering what's going to happen to your Obamacare, stop wondering. Stop worrying. Worrying doesn't do a damn thing. Stop worrying. Period. Period. No more worrying. It's all about action. Every day, if everybody that listens to my voice here, if everybody share this stuff with and, and alert people that what you have to do is every day you're on that phone. It, you know, phone doesn't cost you a damn thing anymore. Call these folks and hammer them every single day. Let them know you're watching because one thing they're scared of is an, att- an attentive populist votes. 
My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. Please check in again. Go like the page Egberto, uh, at uh, Politics Done Right with Egberto Willis on Facebook. To my Facebook listeners who are still here with me, let me tell you, folks, what we don't want to do is to panic. What we don't want to do is to be worried. Worrying doesn't do anything. It doesn't make you feel good. It gets you sick, all of that kind of stuff, and then you have to jump into the healthcare system. What you have to do is activate. Later on, I'll have on my website some things that we need to do as well as far as what you can do today on your own. It's not about having to be with a whole lot of people. That's why I said if you're in a wheelchair at home, you can also make a difference. It's about keeping the pressure on these people. The last thing these people want is a revolt. And you know what? Uh, A revolt uh, is in the making. And you just have to remember that you have value and you can make a difference. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and I am checking out. Don't forget to go to the website, politicsdoneright.com, egbertowillis.com. And most importantly, like the page and share the videos. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.